0: Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Say It Louder. I'm your host, Brock Phillips, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Nico Hill.
1: Hello. Today, we will talk about many notable free agents, potential trades, and coaches recently hired and soon to be hired.
0: Now, let's get started on the first topic of the day, coaches recently hired and soon to be.
1: Okay, guys, our first coach of the day is Ty Liu, recently hired coach of the Clippers. Brock, how do you feel about this hiring for the los angeles clippers
0: i mean you know i i think it's a good hire because they the, the clippers have made it very clear they have a sole goal and that's to beat lebron james and the los angeles lakers and Lu would be the man to do that he knows a lot about lebron pretty much everything you need to know i mean they, they he won a championship with lebron and went to the playoffs and finals multiple times with them so he knows lebron's whole mindset Mm-hmm. and um you know he has championship experience which is also always good in a coach mm-hmm. and i mean it it just makes sense for the whole clippers narrative yeah what do you think
1: i think it was a good hiring but not the best hiring i think when we had people on the market like um mark jackson who built the whole warriors team but really didn't get his credit for it um, I think he would have been the best hiring for the Clippers as a guy who can create camaraderie in a broken locker room. But I don't think Tyron Lue was a bad hire, and I also like the assistant coach hiring in um, Chauncey Billups. But my only problem with Tyron Lue is he was the assistant coach assistant coach last year, and he really didn't help the Clippers. I, I I can see that Doc Rivers, you know, he was the main coach, but as an assistant coach, you have to be able to bring your guys and galvanize your troops. And I don't think he really did a good job of that.
0: Well, I don't think you can really blame Ty Lu for, for what happened last year. I mean, he was just an assistant coach.
1: Like That's how fair. much sway
0: is an assistant coach supposed to have?
1: That's fair. But, again, when you're a championship coach and you're an assistant coach, you would think that you have a decent amount of sway in a locker room. Mm. All but right. I think it was a good hiring.
0: All right, our next coach is Stan Van Gundy. Now, he recently met with the Pelicans and is said to be one of their favorite choices for, to possibly be the coach. So, Nico, what do you think about that?
1: I think this could be a great hiring for the Pelicans. As a defensive-minded coach, he's going to be able to bring up those young guys. He went And he has a pretty good resume. He went to the finals with Dwight Howard in 2009, of course, coming short to Kobe Bryant. But yeah, he's been to the, he's led some championship organizations or some finals organizations. And I think he's a good hiring. He'll bring a defensive mindset and a strong veteran mindset. What do you think about this hiring, Brock?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's a good idea to bring in someone with a lot of experience like Stan. I mean, you know, he's been he, he to the finals. And he's been deep in the playoffs. So he knows all about what, you, what a team has to do to, to make it there and to be successful there. And although he's never won a chip, he, he understands the game well. And, you know, there were a few times, or well, one time in particular, where I think he could have won a chip in the uh, 2004 season, but, you know, or made it at least to the finals. But Dwayne Wade got hurt.
1: Yeah, things didn't work out
0: his way. So, I mean, I think he's a good hire. Um, He can really teach the game to this very young team. And I think if they are able to get him and then maybe a veteran to that team to also teach them that um, everything's going to work out for that team.
1: Yeah, and real quick, I just want to get your thoughts. Um, Did you like Alvin Nintry, the ex-coach for the Pelicans, or how did you feel about him?
0: Mm. Yeah. I thought it was just okay. I mean, I I had no quarrels with the guy, but I felt like that that team really could have come together better last year. You know, that team could have been better. They have the talent. I know they're young, so there might be some they might be inconsistent at times, but that's a coach's job to to get rid of all that. And I just think, don't think he did a great job with that. And I think the organization knew that he wouldn't be a good, good guy from just last year to uh, bring up these young guys.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to
1: get what you thought about that, Was um, Our next coach, our hiring, Jeff Van Gundy. Or not hiring, but he met with the Rockets. And he's been a history of coaching with the Rockets. Um, of course, his team struggled with the Knicks and the Rockets, but I just want to get what, what you feel about this.
0: Well, first of all, those teams struggled due to injuries. Mm-hmm. The, the, the injuries really played to him everywhere he went as a coach. It was just pretty much bad luck. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare to see a coach who coached a team in the past be hired again by that same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just shows how much that organization liked him now they understood that it wasn't his fault that they lost it was just you know a whole bunch of injuries and you know the coach is always the fall guy when things don't work out and so you know i i think I think he would work out well the organization obviously likes him if they're willing to give him a second chance he's you know the the rockets they're a team that Needs to come together, yeah, with a, with a playoff mindset. And although um, Jeff never, yeah. never really, you know, made it that far, just due to all the issues. I mean, he 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 did make it to the finals once. Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: it's the first ever eighth seed, which is crazy.
0: The, yeah, the first ever in NBA history as an eighth seed to make it to the finals, and he was able to do that even with injuries. So that shows that he can, he can bring a team that's struggling as far as it goes in the NBA all the way to the finals.
1: Yeah, but I think if he does get picked up by the Rockets, I think there's a problem beyond coaching there. I think there's a personnel problem. I don't think really Russell Westbrook and James Harden can fit together, but that's a topic for another day.
0: All right. The next coach is Steve Nash, who was recently hired as the coach of the Nets. Nico, what do you think?
1: Um, I think it's a good hire. Again, I'm really high on uh, Mark Jackson, so I think that could have been a great coach. But as a coach who can really understand the player, as a coach who can really see what Kyrie is thinking on the court as being an all-time great point guard, um, I think it was a great hiring. I think they're going to really come together. I know Steve Nash used to work with Kevin Durant on the Warriors franchise. So – Yeah, I think it was a pretty good hiring. What are your thoughts?
0: I mean, I don't mind the hire. He he has no coaching experience, but he's a a renowned point guard, and, you know, he's known for his intellect and passing. And so, you know, I I think he'll really connect with the the two greats in Brooklyn, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, just due to the fact that he was such a great player. And... I think he'll understand their point of view a lot more than some other coaches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being that personable, that might be able to bring together that team when we know that, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they sometimes, you know, kind of have beef with other players on their teams. They don't always, you know, match perfectly with everyone. So I, I I think it was a good call, but I, you know, I think there could have been better. I think could, they could have gone for someone with actual coaching experience, but, you know, can't be mad at that decision.
1: Yeah, but you can see this hiring or this coaching position, at like two different ways. You can see it as this job, you have two stars. You don't really need to be a coach really. Just you just got to be able to manage them, which could be done by a coach with no coaching experience as as we saw, I think with Tyron Lue in 2016, I think he had no coaching experience prior to with LeBron. I'm not sure though, but I, you could see that as you could see that in two different ways, or you could see it as you need more coaching experience to manage these stars. I don't really think this is a job where you really need coaching experience, seeing as that you have two stars who are going to be ball dominant most of the time. You don't really need to, and they don't really have many young guys they need to control. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you
1: said. Okay, so next coach hiring, which was a shocker to me, is Doc Rivers as the new coach of the 76ers. What do you think about this, Brock?
0: Well, you know, the, the, the 76ers, they, they, they saw an opportunity to get a coach who had won a championship, and they took it. And, you know... Yeah. That, that year, he won the championship with the Celtics.
1: Mm-hmm. He brought
0: together three, three, three great players yep. who all thought of themselves as a leader of a team and, you know, thought they would be the dominant force on whatever team they played on. And he was able to convince them to completely work together and, and just um, really not have a, a a main leader of the team but he he got them to all agree that mm-hmm. they could all dominate together and they could help each other and you know the the 76ers that that whole team has they some, need some help they need some help issues with just like who, who's the dominant force there Ben Simmons or is it Joel and B? and then you know they're both getting injured a lot, and the rest of the team—I don't know where they stand. They're just—I don't know what they're doing. So it's like that. They—he—he he knows how to bring a team together, like like no other. That that Celtics team was really brought together well. So um, you know, I think it's a it's a good decision, especially if they're able to bring in some some more guys for that team. Yeah,
1: I think personally, I think. It wasn't a bad hire, but as we saw with the Clippers, I feel like Doc Rivers on this team, more than any other team, needs to be very vocal with his guys, right? He can't just let them play like he did with the Clippers. He has to be, He has to really be a leader. And as we saw with the Clippers, I don't really know if he has that still because he really just let the Clippers play. There was no real oh, – He had it
0: when it comes to something. That's not, that's not just something that leaves you.
1: True. Fair. But – I'm just saying what I saw most recently where, you know, he just let them play. He really wasn't really a leader in that locker room, I feel. He really just sat there and watched them play. But in this locker room, he needs to be a leader. He really needs to get Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the same page. And I think as a coach, the first decision or the first thing you need to sit down and talk to Ben Simmons about is that jump shot. Because let me tell you, it is horrendous.
0: Yeah, there there needs to be some work done. (laughs) All right, now let's move on to the next topic: potential trades. Now, this year, there, there, there could be a lot of moving pieces. So let's get right into it, Nico. The first one is about the Warriors. Now, the Warriors, as some of you may know, have the second pick in the draft, which is. Kind of scary. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the main question is, do they trade the second pick for a great player in the league already? Or maybe they keep them and develop them along Steph and Clyde. So, Nico, what do you think?
1: Um, I think the pick is more likely not to be traded, right? I think they'll pick up James Wiseman in the offseason and get a dominant center that they can grow. But if the Bucks or a team with a big player doesn't build around that that big star like Giannis or Joel Embiid and they say that they're not coming back next season I think that's where the Warriors can really use that pick and get a Giannis or a Joel Embiid and if they get a Giannis or Joel Embiid that is a scary scary team what do you think I mean
0: I think the Warriors have a decision to make they can they can go right or left mm-hmm. now on the right side they could think, well, you know, it's been a great run. We've had a dynasty. Now, let's, you know, everyone's been hurt. The team's been slightly broken up. Let's just, you know, let's start to regroup, kind of, kind of rebuild with, with um the veterans, the the veteran base of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to to guide a young team and just start over, understanding that. Start up might not win a championship this year, but they're more planning on winning multiple in the future. And then the left way is they want to win a championship right now, get the dynasty back up and running now that Clay and Steph are healthy. And in which case, then you would definitely trade that pick for um, a good player. Now, I think that personally with the the matchups in the West – they need a dominant big man who can stretch the floor because it feels like every team has a big that can stretch the, the floor, floor, yeah, let them. So, I mean, I feel like that's what they would get with the trade.
1: Now, I don't think that start over is the right word. I think regardless of what the Warriors do, they'll be a contender. You know, they have the greatest shooting backcourt we've ever seen.
0: Well, I didn't say they wouldn't be a contender. I said, you know they're not focused as much on winning a championship now. They'll still be scary, but
1: they'll still be threat. I, And even if they don't um, trade this pick, I think a, a starting lineup of, you know, Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Eric Paschal, or Draymond Green, and James Wiseman, I still think that's a pretty good lineup. I think Andrew Wiggins, even though he hasn't shown his full potential since being in the league, I think that he can – as a third star, you know, not really what he was in Minnesota, where he was required to be that number one scoring option, where he can be the third. I think he can really thrive in that role. And this will be the first time that the Warriors ever had a really dominant big man or a center who can be a dominant big man in the league.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I can agree with the on the Wiggins thing. I mean, <laughs> he's shown that he can be a dominant scorer. And he's also shown how unbelievably inconsistent he is. And so I, I, don't, I don't see him embracing any type of role. You don't? I mean...
1: You don't think Wiggins has any upside at all?
0: Maybe he could be a nice role player on the side, but I just... I, I think it's just a confidence thing.
1: Mm. Well, I think that'll boost his confidence being the third option. You don't think so?
0: Mm, I mean... I don't know the van, so I can't really speak on what would up his confidence, but he mm-hmm. had some struggles. Now, the the next trade is interesting. The Los Angeles Lakers receive Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard.
1: Oh, this is a potential trade, by the way. I don't think that this has happened already.
0: And Detroit receives Kyle Kuzma,
1: Alex Caruso, JaVale McKee,
0: Um. Tucker and um twenty twenty-two second round pick and twenty twenty-three second round pick. This is this is all potential. So um Nico, what do you think?
1: I think this could be a great trade for both sides, seeing as Kyle Kuzma underperformed this year in his third scoring role. But I think that if this trade were to happen, I don't think they would trade the Lakers would trade Alex Caruso. I think they'd substitute that with Danny Green or a player like that. But Derek Rose gave me that score or that ball handler that the Lakers really need, averaging right around 18 or 19 points this year and six assists, I think he can be that scorer or that third option that the Lakers can use to even up their level after winning this year's championship. What do you think?
0: Derrick Rose has had a resurgence, okay? <laughs> he, he started getting back to himself, I mean – I don't think he'll ever be as dominant as he was. He's but.
1: obviously not the athletic beast that he was when he pre-ACL. But
0: What he has gotten is skilled. Yes. The man understands that, that he won't have that athleticism anymore, and it's completely changed his game to a more skilled point guard. And you know, It's really been working for him. He's been getting you know, a decent amount of points, and I could imagine that on the Lakers he would average 15 to 20 points a game.
1: Something Kuzma could not do.
0: Then Kennard, you know, he's a good shooter. That's that's always nice. You need good shooters to just spread the floor with, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, always in the the lane. Now for for um Detroit, I mean I, I don't think I would take this because you do think so? Kyle
1: Kuzma. But they're in a rebuilding stage. They're not trying to win a championship. Now, now, now
0: the Lakers, they'd be happy to get rid of Kuzma. They're like, they're like this man has
1: not done what Take he's
0: supposed He was supposed to be our third scorer. He was not. Let's he
1: had play. a good game in the playoffs. He had a 20-point game.
0: Yeah, but every other game. In the
1: finals, yeah. He
0: was bad. Now, you know, he went on that, that, that three-point scoring run, but, you know, that's not consistent. Mm. And... So the Lakers would be happy to get rid of him. You know, Detroit, I, I don't think it would be a good idea to take him. I mean, But why not, not though? Not. But listen, Detroit, in my opinion, I haven't seen them really take a young star and grow them until they thrived.
1: But that's what they're trying to do now. They, they're trying to rebuild. So I think that Kuzma, a player – who maybe being the number one scoring option on a team can get you 20 23 points a game like what happened with Brandon Ingram you know what i'm saying
0: i don't see him being that number one scoring option i just don't see him. I'm
1: just saying on a bad team i think he could be a number one scoring option you don't agree just a guy who's taking bad team a guy who's taking 13 shots a game he can he can get 20
0: bad team like i could see him averaging 15 really yeah i don't i'm
1: not just, very high on kuzma huh?
0: now caruso i mean you know that's that's the lakers hustle man that's that's their patrick beverly you know he sprints around the floor giving energy um getting a few steals you know getting a few hustle rebounds tipping it out and you know he you know he gets some energy dunks you know that's,
1: that's why I said they'd probably have to substitute Alex Caruso with Danny Green. Well,
0: so, you know, that, I feel like for the Lakers, that that's a loss you would want to take. I don't see why. You would want
1: to gonna... take that loss, you think?
0: No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Oh, okay, okay. okay. There's, there's no reason to do that now. Detroit, they would be happy to have him. I'm sure of that. They would mm-hmm. be happy to have a player like Alex Caruso.
1: I know he looks old, but he's really young, actually, so he fit perfectly into that r- little rebuilding
0: JaVale McGee, I'm sure the Lakers, the the, the Lakers have big men. They're, they're not worried about getting rid of JaVale McGee. Um, I mean, he didn't really even play that much in the finals anyway. I
1: thought he was good in the regular season, though.
0: Yeah, the the regular season, you know, he was a good big man to put in here and there, but he's not... Dwight,
1: Dwight Howard really showed his resurgence this year. He's not
0: worth so much, now that you know how Dwight's going to perform, that, um... You wouldn't take this trade, and then Tucker—he had a few nice minutes in the playoffs.
1: He's a bright young star. Where Not star, but
0: on the defensive end and a little bit on the offensive end. And you know, I can see Detroit wanting him. You know, they want to create a new, um, a new team of of young Younger stars. guys. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. And you know, along with that, the picks would be a good idea because young stars again.
1: Um... I think though if they,
0: I don't if, think they need Tucker because they're they're focused on winning championships now. Championships, they're yeah. now. They're not worried about the future. So I. I mean, don't, but
1: even I though don't think with a an Anthony good. with a guy like Anthony Davis, do you really need to be worried about the future when he's what twenty twenty six twenty five? Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a great guy forever for a long time. Yeah. So.
0: All right. The, the next potential trade now um, many people have been there's been a rumor going on
1: Speculation. about
0: a possible trade um, with the Bucks getting Chris Paul now you know some people think it's going to happen some people think it's not but a big thing is that Brian Spurlock from uh, USA Today Sports, who um, who covers the Bucks, said that um, they have two sources telling them that the Bucks have zero plans of pursuing a Chris Paul trade. Now, now that kind of thing isn't just said lightly. That you have two credible sources that all say we're not even interested in Chris Paul, like at all, like not even, not even all. Oh, we might, we might not, just not at all. So I, I think this is I think this is real and they really just have no interest. So I think that, that rumor has just been debunked.
1: Yeah, I think that's a terrible look for the Bucks, seeing as Giannis really wants to win a championship. And I think that Chris Paul, especially for this year, is probably their best option to put another semi or all star. He was an all-star. An all-star slash semi superstar next to Giannis. I think this would have been a perfect pickup. And seeing as they say they have zero plans, I think that's a terrible look. If I'm Giannis, I'm looking at this like, what are these guys doing?
0: Hmm. Yeah. And then the next potential trade, Clippers receive Ricky Rubio, and the Suns receive Patrick Beverly and Rodney Magruder. Now... Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. I don't know who Rodney <laughs> McGruder is. i guy, never, never to... even heard the name. Now, if, if we just focus on the two-point guards, <laughs> I think that, you know.
1: Oh, man, you're throwing shit at Rodney McGruder. I'm
0: good for the Suns because maybe, maybe once the Suns get Patrick Beverly, they'll actually have some heart for once. Dang.
1: You have like they didn't go like on <laughs> the bubble. They went sitting on the bubble. Yeah, you know what? That's too a crazy late. heart. Too little, too late. No, that's no. a crazy heart.
0: Because uh, until you show me that you can do that consistently, and that's the first time I've ever seen any proof that they might have a little heart. In
1: Devin Booker has been a great yeah. player.
0: Devin Booker's going to do what Devin Booker does, but the rest of that team <laughs> has okay? They
1: got they, Kelly Oubre. They,
0: but you know what? That's not enough for me to believe that a whole team will have heart for a whole season, And then make it to the playoffs. No, I
1: hear what you're saying, though. Patrick Patrick, Beverly. I think
0: Patrick Beverly can give them the heart and grit that they need. He's a veteran. They can teach these youngins all about, you know, being tough, playing defense. You know, a whole bunch of like lessons, stuff like that, can bring the team together. And then you know Ricky Rubio to the Clippers. He's a great passer,
1: playmaker, leader,
0: and playmaker leader. He'll bring the team together. And you know the Clippers, they don't really have a passer. They don't have a LeBron, a Rondo. That's we don't have a, a big passer, and they don't have um, a leader. And Ricky Rubio could fill both roles. So I think, I think this would be good.
1: Yeah, obviously, for both this, part, for both is, a, this is a pretty minute trade. Um, obviously. It's not going to fix all the problems with the Clippers. Ricky, just adding Ricky Rubio isn't going to fix your problems. First of all, they need some more shooters, but it's a good start. It'd be a good start. Patrick Beverly already has expressed his disliking of um, Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard. And when those are your two main guys, your two main stars, and someone who's a role player, who's, he's, a, he's an important part, but also a role player, is combating those stars in the locker room. That's something you have to deal with immediately. Rodney Magruder, he's not anything crazy, but he's a young guy who can fit that on the Suns' timeline a little bit. So I think it's a good trade for both sides.
0: All right, and the next potential trade, the Nets receive Drew Holiday, and the Suns get Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I don't even know how to say this name. Dzana Musa. <laughs> I've never heard of this man before. Um, Tizana Musa. You're uh,
1: disrespecting all these players like this. I've never heard of this man. You're so uh, disrespectful.
0: Okay, well, When do you watch the Suns? Like, you never see them. Um, <laughs> and a protected first-round pick. Now, when I look at this, I just think, Why?
1: What do you mean? Why
0: would the Nets give up Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen for Drew Holiday? It it, and a protected first-round pick. It doesn't make sense to me because I feel like the Nets have a good young core. All right, they're building up a new young team. Now that first-round pick. Helps them build up that new young team. Jared Allen, a good, young defender. Very, very, very good at what he does. And what he does is defend the rim. Okay? He gets blocks for days. Spencer Dinwiddie, a nice point guard. Like, why wouldn't you want to have, you know, a medium age, nice point guard, you know?
1: Now, you know, I wouldn't call him a veteran. Spencer when he's pretty young, but continue.
0: I mean, I'd say he's a medium. I, I wouldn't call him a veteran, but I'd say – He understands the game. He knows how to score. He knows how to pass. I feel like he could be a leader as well for that team. So I don't see a reason to give him up. And then, you know, the Musa dude, you know, I don't. I don't have anything to say about him. Um, The Nets received Drew Holiday. Now, Drew Holiday would be a nice pickup for them. I will not lie. But you're going to rip apart your whole core for a score, you're g- you're gonna take away your main defender and your main scorer. For a score, that just doesn't seem like a win to me for the for the Nets. I mean, for the Suns, I think that's a win because they're building up a new young core, and that would give them all they need for that. So yeah, what do you think, Nico?
1: I see this as a good trade for both sides. Hear me out. Hear me out. Drew Holiday, first of all, he's an all-defensive first team or all-defensive type player, averaging a steal and a half a game and .8, but we're just going to say a block a game, 20 points a game. Uh, This year he averaged seven assists. I think he's an an all-star or near all-star caliber player. I think this would be a great pickup for the Nets, seeing as in place of Jared Allen, you can slide DeAndre Jordan that they picked up in free agency. Um, he's very efficient, and I think he could be that third star who could bring that defensive aspect and that leadership role to a backcourt with Kyrie Irving that would not be very defensive. right? Now, on the Sun side, you get Spencer Dinwiddie, who showed his great offensive prowess, who's not really that great of a defender, but he showed great offensive prowess on the Nets this season. You get Jared Allen, who's a young center. Or, no, the Pelicans get Spencer Diddworthy and Jared Allen, who's a young center to replace um, Jackson Hayes, Design Musa. I don't really know much about him. And a protected first round pick. So, I think it's an equal trade on both sides.
0: All right. Well, listen. (laughs) Another point. I think Kyrie could really improve Spencer Dinwiddie's game. Also, Spencer Dinwiddie is a good point guard to have coming off the bench. Now
1: they have Karis Levert though. He can come off the bench. And Spencer you know, Dinwiddie's is a
0: two guard. He's a scorer. Two. He's a good young scorer that Kevin Durant can teach. Kyrie can teach Dinwiddie. Okay. And Kevin Durant can teach LaVert.
1: But if the Nets are looking to win now, I don't really think they care about teaching the player. That they're trying. Yeah, to I, I think I don't think the Nets know what they're doing. Sorry. Wow! I'm I mean, like, fired at the Nets.
0: I I think the Nets need to decide: chip now, chip it later. It
1: feels like. I mean, I think with the signing of like it
0: feels like they're all mixed up. Okay, because they have, they have this good core of young players that prove themselves. Okay, and then they bring in two, you know, older all stars.
1: Kevin both Durant is a superstar. All- Let's not get it all- twisted. Injuries. Kevin Durant is a superstar. Let's not get it twisted.
0: Okay, fine. Superstar, but they're both top coming, five
1: player in the league.
0: They're both coming off serious injuries.
1: I mean, Kyrie had a pretty successful I, okay, season.
0: No, I, hear me out. Hear me out. I say this. If you really want to go for Chip now, I would say you just give up. You know, pretty much all the young players, pretty much all the young players, grab. I, I think they need a they need a hustle player.
1: That's what Drew Holiday can be.
0: See, see, now I I don't see him in that light.
1: Okay. One point six steals in a, a game. Listen,
0: listen, I don't see him as a hype man.
1: Oh, okay. Okay
0: team together okay that's what they need they need someone like that okay then i think they need to get a few more shooters
1: that's what you have um shoot i'm blinking on his name he just won a three-point contest a year ago great shooter. they have harris that's what yeah harris but i would like
0: to get one more one or two more you know
1: I mean, Kevin Durant okay. I digress. You know, I feel like that would really help the team. So you think this is a good trade or a bad trade? Final opinion.
0: I mean, I guess if the Nets have decided they're going for chip now and they need a, a third scoring option, but then I still think that you need then then your, your defensive threat goes away, then
1: well, I mean, Drew Holiday again. I, I don't. I don't
0: think it's a good idea. Drew Holiday,
1: but listen, Drew Holiday again. You round up two steals a game and a block a game as your two guard.
0: Yeah. I mean all
1: defensive team numbers, and you have DeAndre Jordan to slide sliding at that center. I, I, I as
0: as a net, if I was a net fan, I I, I wouldn't know about this. Like I. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm,
1: I I just don't think you're really high on Drew Holiday. Eh?
0: No, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I like Drew Holiday. I've liked him since he came out of college. You know, I'm a UCLA fan. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I just have my doubts on that one. Now, the next category: notable free agents. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Now let's start with Fred VanVleet. Now, personally, I think he's going to resign. Definitely, I think think his heart is in Toronto.
1: He's you want a chip already. Yeah, I I see no reason for him to leave. Yeah, I I see that the same way. There's no, I, I wouldn't. If I was Fred VanVleet, I definitely wouldn't leave. He has no reason to leave. This franchise gave him everything he wanted, especially as an undrafted player, to make his name lead the way he did. Get his first ring after his a first couple seasons in the league. He's he's set with the, um, with the Toronto Raptors.
0: All right, then we go to Anthony Davis. Now, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that he's going to re-sign with the Lakers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you know.
1: It would make no sense not to.
0: Of course, he's going to want more money. You know, I understand that. He's going to get his money. Trust me, he is going to get his money. But
1: this but this could be a problem for the Lakers, seeing as they can't pick up any new free agents with two max salaries on their squad. Or I mean, m- major, major marquee free agents next year, which will be a loaded free that agent class. That's a few nice shooters. Mm-hmm. Not Danny Green.
0: I mean... Yeah, so I, th- I I think there's no question about Anthony Davis. Next on the list would be Demar Derozan. What do you think?
1: Well, clearly he wants to be in a winning franchise. I think that he's he probably will not resign with the Spurs. I'd be surprised if he resign with the Spurs, a rebuilding team. He's I think he's going on thirty. Um, he wants to win, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto throws him an offer. I wouldn't be surprised if he – maybe he takes a pay cut and he goes join a team like the – I don't know, like like the – like maybe the – he could join a team like the Warriors for a pay cut or a team mm-hmm. who wants to contend, maybe even okay, okay. Milwaukee. That could be a thing.
0: I I, I agree with you. I, I think at this point in his career, he wants a ring. I think I think he'll be willing to take a pay cut for said ring. Mm. I think he understands that at this point in time he's most likely not going to be the main scorer. I think he'll understand that that's not longer no longer his role. And I think he'll, um, he'll fit in decently well. Next on the list, Mantra's Harold. Now, there's been a lot of debate about Mantra's Harold. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure what you do. I mean, a lot of of teams saw his worth as six men of the year and and would would be happy to have him.
1: Horrendous in the playoffs, though. But,
0: again, he wasn't amazing in the playoffs, so he might not get the amount of money he wants. But, again, he was six men of the year, so... They might just look at the regular season and give him the amount of money he wants or needs to, to move on to another team. And you know, the Clippers, they need to they need to sign some people, and I'm I'm not sure if they're gonna be willing to give Montres Harrell the amount of money he wants.
1: Well, I'm not sure. He'll probably want around sixteen to eighteen million dollars a year. Which I think is pretty fair, pretty fair for a guy like Montres Harrell. With all the locker room problems that we've seen in the Clippers locker room, I don't think he will re-sign with the Clippers. I think you'd have to do a lot of convincing, a lot of, um, a lot of convincing to keep him there. I don't know where he would re-sign. I don't really have an idea of where he would re-sign. Again, a contending team, I'm sure you would want to go there. But, yeah, I don't think he'll re-sign with the Clippers.
0: Next on the list would be Gallinari. Now Gallinari,
1: Gallinari
0: is rumored. It is rumored that you know the Lakers might be interested in him, and he might be interested in the Lakers. Now that would be an amazing pickup for the Lakers And mm. they shooters that can actually shoot Danny Green <laughs> um, <laughs> to spread the floor. Kuzma, I think that would that would just be great for them. You know Gallinari.
1: Problem with Gallinari, I do he would mind getting a chip, and
0: I think he understands his role as just a shooter, so I don't see an issue with, it, with this at all.
1: The problem I have with Gallinari and the Lakers, man cannot play a lick of defense. See, but... He is a liability on the defensive end. But 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 listen, listen,
0: listen. During the finals...
1: He's super slow.
0: During the finals, the Lakers... Especially that last game. Had tremendous defense. Okay. They they they, you could tell especially by the last game, they pride themselves in being able to turn it on and suddenly have a lineup where they switch everything and are able to
1: do that with Galinari.
0: And are able to keep guarding. Now when you have Galinari on the floor, that constant switching and constant recovering that might be a little harder. But the thing is, I think their defense is good enough so they can just have Anthony Davis in the paint and a few guards just whizzing around, recovering. And I I think that the guards could um, recover for Gallinari and Anthony Davis will worry about anything that comes into the paint. So, I mean, I think there's more upside than downside. It would make it harder, but I think more upside than downside.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm just saying, though, when you, when you think about that Lakers team that just won the championship, every single player on that, Kuzma was inconsistent with his defense, but he could, he could play decent defense at times. Danny Green was inconsistent, but he could play – no one was as bad of a, as a defender as Gallinari is. So we just have to see the adjustment, but as as in terms of a scorer or a shooter, if they get him and Derrick Rose, that, that's a really really scary team.
0: Next is Gordon Hayward. Now, maybe, I mean, Gordon Hayward has had a lot of injury issues, so because of that, that might scare some some teams that might have previously wanted him away, okay? So so they might not want to give him as much money as he wants because he knows how good he is when he's not injured. Mm. So I could see him staying where he is in Boston because they already understand how good he can be when he's not injured. And, um, you know, he might get a little less money than he would have wanted, but I, I think he's staying where he is.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, He's a player option. He'll make more money if he resigns this year than he will make anywhere else. So he'll definitely resign. We'll have to see what he does next year because that's that's big. But for this year, I think he'll definitely resign. Then we have
0: Drakic. Now, he did a tremendous job on the Miami Heat. Sadly, he suffered a, a, a plantar tear in the finals. Now, I see him staying in Miami because they, that, that team understand his worth, so they'll be willing to pay the amount of money needed to keep him since he was their leading scorer in the playoffs before he got injured. He, 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 I I think he wants to stay on that team just due to the fact that I feel like that team has a certain camaraderie. I feel like, I feel like everyone on that team really, you know, is a friend to everyone else, but in a very competitive way, Mm -hmm. like the way it makes people better. I think that team really has it going for them in the future and so he'd see no reason to leave. Now, there will be a lot of people, people want him, they'll give him offers that might be
1: yeah, hard. I think he'll, he'll even take a pay cut to stay on Miami, but I
0: think. I think he'd stay on Miami. Now, I, a pay cut, no, I don't think really he'd take a pay cut, because there's, there's no reason for him to take a pay cut. I mean... I mean but the thing is, though, I, I'll give you one thing on that point. He showed how much he cares for this team mm. in two ways. He came back that last game and played, even though he had a plantar tear.
1: Which he probably made the team worse. But it.
0: It's considered one of the most painful injuries possible. And he still played through that. Second,
1: he completely
0: changed his game for Miami. If you remember, before you know, this season, I'm not sure about last season, but, but before, as of late, he was a passer. He didn't score, he passed. And he completely changed his game to make Miami better because he understood that what they needed was scoring. Mm -hmm. So you know what? He obviously cares deeply about this team, which is why he'll stay probably. So he might be willing to take a pay cut, but I see no reason why he should get a pay cut.
1: Yeah, this team has a great young core, or a um, a great mixture with Tyler Hero, Jimmy, Bam, Gordon. I see no way way he does not resign with this team. They just made it to the finals. I think they have a chance to make it to the finals again next year. I think there's no way he does not resign.
0: Next is Carmelo Anthony. Now, apparently, he met with the New York Knicks. Now, on the Rockets, he showed that he was still a dynamic scorer that he could still do what he was known for and do his job when it came down to the wire. Now, although they lost, he proved his point. He proved that there was no reason why he should have ever been out of the league. And Terrible. And, you know, he, he obviously has a deep bond with the with the New York organization after all those years there. For sure. So, you know... I could see him possibly going back there to end his career. But then again.
1: I think he wants a championship.
0: I exactly was about to say, I think he wants a chip. Now, you know, as nice as it would be to end your career, you know, where where, where you love a chip is also nice. And as a great player, there's one thing you don't want, and that's to be great, but never have a chip. It robs you of so many things. So I could see him trying to get with a, a, a potential champion, and you know, I, feel
1: I don't like think he would fit him. really well on that Miami team. Yeah, I feel
0: like he would understand his role. I mean, because even in the at, at the Rockets organization, he never he never overstepped his bounds. He they never gave
1: role. him a chance.
0: I know yeah. they didn't give him a chance, and he still took his role with grace and did it well.
1: Yeah, I think I could really see him with that uh Miami team. Him with that Miami team would be really good. Or that he might take a huge pay cut to be on the Lakers just to get a ring, but I don't know.
0: Lastly, Dwight Howard. Now, Dwight Howard showed his worth this season. Now, mm-hmm. many people thought, you know, he'd never be the same, never be that good again. But this year, he showed exactly how good it could be now. i i i a few plays. I got flashbacks to old Dwight, but I know okay. he'll never be quite as dynamic as that. Okay, buddy. But I, I understand that. You know, he, he, he is a, is a, was quite a decent big man and a, a nice asset for a team that needs a big man. And speaking of teams that need big men, the Warriors apparently, this is a rumor, have showed interest in Dwight Howard.
1: Major interest.
0: Which would make sense since they understand that every t- all the contenders pretty much will have very dynamic big men who can stretch the floor. Now, Dwight Howard can't quite stretch the floor. But what he can do Not is – Not at all.
1: I mean, we saw him hit that three in, in the game, seven, or game six of Miami.
0: But at least the one thing he can do is stop the points in the paint some of the time. You know, I mean... He's old. He's not going to stop, yeah. stop Jokic. He's not going to
1: stop... You know, he played great defense on Jokic in that series. Underrated. But
0: he can slow them down. I mean, you know, you can't really slow them down that much. But I think that if, if, he's, if he's physical and is energetic, that he can maybe tire them out a little bit, you know, cause their numbers to, numbers to go down slightly. Um... So yeah, Nico,
1: what do you think? Um, I think this is a. I don't think he'll go to the Warriors. I think that he's found his home with LA. I think he he loves it there, especially showing his worth. Him, I think him and Rondo are gonna stay. So Another
0: way. Yeah. I think Dwight Howard. I personally, I don't. I don't even think he'd fit in the whole Warriors system because
1: coming off that bench, I think he would.
0: I mean, what they need is a big man who can match the scoring numbers of the other big men on these championship contenders. Mm, I, wow. I, 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 also stretching the floor because all the other big men can stretch the floor. So whoever the big man is, he needs to have quick feet. Now, Dwight Howard, he is pretty quick
1: feed. Well, he'd be on the bench. He'd be coming off the bench. He wouldn't be a starter.
0: So who's, who's their main big man then? What's that name? What's the dude? Uh, Pascal? Would that be their main believer?
1: Or Wiseman, if they drafted him.
0: Yeah. I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I think he's found a home in um L.A. Well, sadly, this is the
0: end of the first episode of Say It Louder. Yeah, and it's been an honor. And um, it was a lot of fun. What'd you say?
1: So it was a lot of fun. what you think I said? It was
0: a lot of fun. And hopefully we will
1: see y'all soon. Gee, but I got to say, you got to stop dogging on my man, um, Rodney Magruder. It's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Peace out, y'all. And remember, right.
0: say it louder.